1: GGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: And up next, we'll hear
1: about a bill in the Oregon legislature in the new year designed to give prison inmates who are truly innocent a chance to prove it. Uh, For the record, I'm Kim Thatcher. I'm a senator from District 13, which starts, I'll say, in the south part of Kaiser and goes up to the south part of Hillsboro. And I just want to briefly say that we are... I, I can maybe speak for you on this, that we're sure. here to promote a bill coming to the legislature in 2019 that I am very excited about. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get a super majority on both sides of the aisle in both chambers to, to sign on to this and vote for it. And it aims to make sure that people who are in prison are truly there because they should be. And those who are not, this helps provide them an avenue to prove that they are innocent. The bill would undo what the Innocence Project calls a Catch-22 in Oregon law, which says that in order for an inmate to get DNA testing to prove their innocence, they have to prove it in advance. So Michelle Feldman of the Innocence Project came to the Oregon Capitol. I'm here with Gerard Richardson. He is one of our clients. He was exonerated with DNA evidence um, in 2013, and he's from the state of New Jersey, and he will tell you a little bit about his story. Um, But first, I'm going to provide a little overview on the work of the Innocence Project and wrongful convictions in America. So um, I work for the National Innocence Project and we work across the country to, um, to exonerate the wrongfully convicted. We also work on policies that prevent and address wrongful convictions and we work here in Oregon with our local partners, the Oregon Innocence Project, which takes claims of innocence um, here in the state and when we talk about the term wrongful conviction and exoneration, we're talking about cases where the person did not commit the crime. And if we think there's a viable claim of innocence, those are the types of cases we take. It's not, you know, somebody didn't get a fair trial or a legal technicality. We're talking about the person didn't commit the crime. So in Oregon, um, there are 19 exonerations on the National Registry. but. They were all exonerated with non-DNA evidence. So nobody's been exonerated with DNA, and that is largely because the current law makes it almost impossible for somebody to get DNA testing. Um, you have to essentially show your actual innocence before you can get the testing, which is kind of a catch-22, because the whole purpose of getting the testing is to use that evidence to then show that you were wrongfully convicted. and. We're pretty sure that if Gerard Richardson uh, was in Oregon, he would not be here right now. He would be still in prison because he would not be able to meet that high standard. So we're really uh, aiming with the legislation to change that standard of actual innocence to a more reasonable standard that the majority of other states have. So really, there's three things that we're going to be aiming for with the legislation this session, um, creating a more reasonable standard for people to get testing, Um, also allowing a judge to order that if there is DNA testing and it generates an unknown profile, so a profile other than the person that asked for the testing, then that profile can be uploaded into law enforcement's DNA databases to potentially identify the real perpetrator and Gerard is going to talk about how in his case um, that didn't happen and we had to go and change the law in New Jersey and we're hoping to do the same here. And then finally, um, we're hoping to streamline the law in terms of the access to evidence and information that the petitioner can receive so that they can make a request for testing on you know, all the evidence that's available and make a case for why it fits into um, their claim of wrongful conviction. And with that, I will turn it over to Gerard Richardson.
0: Hello, my name is Gerard Richardson and I'm the 312th person to be exonerated from DNA testing. I would like to thank everybody from the committee for allowing me to come to your state and testify today on DNA. In 1994, I was questioned and charged with a young lady's murder named Monica Reyes, uh, because they said that she owed me money, which she did, and I knew the victim because her, me and her sister lived on in the same street. And uh, I told them just because she owed me money don't mean I killed her. But I waited almost a year, you know, in the county to start trial, and I was asking. It was a bite mark found on the victim's back. And they took a swab for DNA testing, and uh, they sent everything to the FBI. Found hairs and fibers. I gave them everything willingly. Teeth impressions, and they had a dentist say that they was my teeth impressions. I had an expert that said they wasn't. And um, I waited for trial, and the evidence was sent to the FBI, and the FBI said no hairs and fibers matched the, you know, the defendant. But they never said nothing about the bite mark swab. So I was charged with a two-count indictment, first-degree knowingly murder and first-degree purposely murder. And he found me not guilty for purposely murder, but found me guilty for knowingly murder. And he sentenced me to 30 years without a possibility of parole to do day for day. And uh, and on direct appeal, uh, the appellate court's We was asking for all physical evidence to be turned over in our case, and they they didn't write an opinion. They denied my motion, and my lawyer said she couldn't understand why they didn't write an opinion. This is the first time that this ever happened to her. She said she couldn't understand why they didn't. She said the only thing she could come up with is that they can't justify not giving me a reversal. So I appealed it to the Supreme Court for certification. They denied me, so then I went on PCR, post-conviction relief, and we asked for all the evidence to be turned over again. They turned the evidence over, and you know the judges said at the public court, they said that they are somewhat troubled, that the defendant is asking for all physical evidence in his case to be turned over. But the state is saying I'm procedurally barred and I'm out of time. The public court judges said that it's nothing else <laughs> linking this man to the crime but the evidence that he's asking for. So turn over all physical evidence to the defense immediately for any testing that they feel as though is needed. And they sent the evidence to be tested. To Pennsylvania to a lab, and the lab came back and said that it's no male DNA in the evidence. But the technician that worked in the DNA lab somehow her DNA got in the evidence. So the prosecutor said that the evidence is not reliable because it's contaminated because the technician DNA got in the evidence. So, you know, the judge denied my motion for a new trial on newly discovered evidence. So I asked that another test be done. They said it wasn't no more tests that could be done, and this and that. But I wasn't taking no for answer, so I kept on uh, pressing the issue. And uh, they, uh, the after uh, they denied my motion, uh, I had got another attorney named Ingrid Uchenko. And you know, my daughter said something to her one day about uh, the Innocent Project and I've been writing them since 96. And uh, she said to me, she said, if you uh, want me to reach out to them, you have to give me permission. And I did, I signed papers to give her permission to reach out to them. And in 2012, uh, Vanessa Parkins from the Innocent Pro- Project, they took my case August of 2012. And uh, when they came aboard, they uh, asked for uh, you know the evidence to be turned over and everything. And somehow they found another piece of evidence a swab from the bite mark that had never been opened or tested and she uh, sent it to the, a lab in California with other evidence to be tested and they said that they came back, they generated two uh, profiles of two, uh, two males and none <coughs> of them was me so she said that you won't have to go back to court uh, you know, to get released. She said that the judge could just let you go. I said, no, I don't want to be released from here. I said, I want to be brought back in the courtroom the same way they paraded me around saying I was a murderer. I want to be brought back in the courtroom with my family there saying that I'm not the one who did it because in, uh, being locked up for a crime that you didn't do and knowing you're not guilty is the hardest thing in the world. And you know, not only did it affect me, it affected my family. I have six kids. I had three girls and I had three girls and three boys. My oldest was twelve. She's thirty-eight now. I missed the important years of their life. And I can't get a second chance. I don't get a second do over. I can't go back again and start again. It's gone. So uh it needs to be done because it's a lot of innocent people in prison and it happens every day. It can happen to anybody. It can happen to somebody in anybody family here today. It's just not fair. People should be offered to have testing done. You should look for the truth, not just for a conviction. So Oregon lawmakers heard that story, and in the new year, they will consider a bill making it easier
1: for inmates who are truly innocent to get access to DNA testing to prove it.